What's up, guys? We are back. This is the Death Notes Podcast. I'm Sydney. I'm Larry. And uh, we're coming to you guys at a, a rough time in, in the country. And uh, there's a lot of things going on. Coronavirus, um, black people are getting killed in the streets for no reason. Um, people from Vanderpump Rules getting fired. I mean, it's a it's it's a it's a terrible 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 day. Terrible day. <laughs> I like how you <laughs> in, added the Vanderpump. Yeah, in the world of America. Um, but uh, but it is what it is. You get what you get. But uh, we're back, guys. This is our second episode. If you heard the first one, if you did, if you're one of the the 35 people who actually listened to it, <laughs> then um, welcome back. We're bringing you another another hard hitting episode with some great music, and uh, we're just gonna we're gonna get right into it. Um, as you guys know, each week or each other week, me and Larry give a, give ourselves different albums to listen to that we love, um, and then we talk about them. So today, uh, Larry's going to go first, and he has an album he wants to talk about that I listen to. And uh, take it away, Larry. What album did you prescribe to me as my as my homework? Uh, it was Rage Against the Machine, Evil Empire. Yes, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Nice. So, um, I mean, this, this wasn't my first time hearing this album, but this was, I would say, the first time I listened to it, like, as a for educational purposes, I guess, because I haven't, this isn't my favorite Rage Against the Machine album, so I'll just say it up front. But um, this is, I definitely listened to it probably about four or five times. It's such a short album. But, um, but yeah, man, what, did you, what made you want to pick this? I mean, I know we both talked about doing music based on the times we're in right now which is you mm-hmm. know basically stuff that's like music al- albums that are like political and talk about things happening in the country but but uh what do, what do you think about rage why did you want to want to want to listen to this album so uh, here's the thing um evil empire is a really good example of blending you know multiple genres mm-hmm. it's got hip-hop and r&b and then it's got punk and rock mm-hmm. and i mean to me they were one of the the bands in the 90s that just merged those genres together so well when yeah, other people after them tried to copy it, but nobody did it quite as well. Mm-hmm. Like, when you hear certain songs on this album, you're like, that's a hip-hop song. Absolutely. I mean, it's full-blown. Like, the song Without a Face, it's it's a hip-hop song. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I really like about this album is that it's it's heavy, but it's not heavy like normal albums with guitar plastered all over it. It's really yeah. the ba- the bass and the drums are heavy. You know, that's what makes that album heavy because there's not a lot of distortion on the guitars. They're actually mm-hmm. pretty classic rock sounding on when they are just doing normal like chords and stuff. Yeah. But the bass and drums is super groovy, super heavy, and it's just really like colossal sounding. Um and another thing I got to say about this album is that um Brendan O'Brien uh, produced it and Andy Wallace mixed it, mm-hmm. and those guys literally collectively did every good album from the nineties. I mean, Pearl Jam, White Zombie, freaking Wallflowers, like nice. like any anything that was on the radio in the nineties was produced mm-hmm. by Brendan O'Brien and mixed by Andy Wallace, and that shows on the album because it sounds really good. Absolutely. So for me, it's just one of those albums. Plus, you know, when I first heard that album, it it definitely opened my eyes. Like I had listened to like punk, like black flag. I'd listen mm-hmm. to hip hop, but this album really opened my eyes to like how so many genres are fighting for the same causes. Yeah. You know, and, and also dude, the lyrics on this album are like the nineties version of Bob Dylan. 
<laughs> I mean, they are yeah. super, you know, they're super in your face political and they're, they're definitely, they're definitely talking shit about all the right things. Yeah, no, I, I think that a lot, a lot of their music in general, just the whole band, but definitely this album, it reminded me a lot of, um, like early public enemy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which I was listening to actually recently, a, a public enemy album, but, but it's just, it's very, it's very in your face what they're talking about. They're not hiding what they're saying and they're just blatantly saying, you know, like, like, uh, you know, fuck the government and yep. <laughs> all these things, which is, which is, which is really cool. Cause they, they are like a bunch of minority dudes to my, to my, uh, to my knowledge, right? I don't yeah. know if they all are, but the lead singer definitely is a uh, lead singer, guitar player, and drummer. Yeah. Right. Bass player looks Caucasian, but who knows, mm-hmm. you know? Right. You never know. But, um, but yeah, man, I mean, this, this album was, was, was awesome, dude. I mean, I, I definitely have my, my favorites on it. Uh, and this, my, my favorite rage album is the first one. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and honestly, that's, it's, it's mixed because I'll be completely honest because of the, the cover art, like I remember the album of the the cover the cover album of the uh, the cover the art of the album. One. Yeah, the first one was just the so monk. yeah, it was just so powerful to me. I don't know. I mean, that's still a, a powerful image to me. It is, and yeah. um, and I love the song "Kill Kill" in the name. That's like one of my favorite rage rage songs. Um, but but this album, man. I mean, after listening to it, I haven't heard it since like back in the day. I haven't listened to. I'll be honest, rage isn't a big, isn't like a band I listen to like all the time it's just whenever i hear their music it's almost like it it amps me up you know like it's, it's good mm-hmm. music because you get hyped and want to fight too which is great because i love the type of music but i haven't listened to this one in a really long time so it was good to, to to put it on and listen to it for a few days we actually were supposed to recall days ago but i wanted to listen to the album more times just to uh to have it like in me um but but yeah man i mean i think it's 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 really dope i mean the, the music on there is just is fantastic it's really they hit you in your face with their shit dude it does and you know what's really interesting about that album yeah they even put in the inside cover when i had the old uh, tape and cd mm-hmm. it said you know no synthesizers no drum machines all everything on that album is just mm-hmm. guitar bass drums and vocals like there's no right. technology and and people that blows a lot of people away because they hear a lot of stuff and go oh it sounds like a DJ scratch and that sounds like a synthesizer it's all Tom Morello doing weird shit on guitar, right? Like he Not never sure. wants he never wants his guitar to sound like a guitar, which I think is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I mean, that's uh, definitely most people just want their guitars to sound like awesome guitars, and he's like, nope, I want my shit to sound like something different. Yeah, I mean, always, he does which all is that. Always cool. I mean, what's cool about Rage is he pulls the chord out of his guitar. And mm-hmm. just slams it into the strings to make it make you know yeah. static and shit. And I think that's yeah. that's just like the most punk rock thing ever. Yeah, I'm not remember, even gonna play. <laughs> no, I know it's crazy. I remember one of my one of my fondest memories of these guys is uh is the um what was it the MTV Awards stunt where uh oh god where where the bass player climbed yeah, up. He, he climbed up like <laughs> like I've, to us I guess it was like a, a lighting tree. I don't even know what it was. Um, it was like some type of set prop, spinning globe or something outside. It was like a, he did it, it. It was like no, it was inside. It was like a big. It was like um, to my knowledge, what it, what I, it, it's like. Uh, what are, what do we use like hang lights on when we're and when we're like in the back of the room? Those trusts. It to me, it was like trust, a long, yeah. long trust tower. I think. Oh and yeah. He, and I think he just climbed up it and um, just went kind of crazy. I think when somebody else was on stage, can't remember who it was. It was and then, or something? I don't know who was on stage. Uh, I can't remember. I don't know. It, wasn't it? Was it Marilyn Manson and Eminem? 
It was. I think it was. I think it was Marilyn Manson. I think you're right. And and I think later that evening he climbed the big Universal Studios globe or some globe that was spinning outside and got arrested for it. Yeah, it's possible. He definitely got arrested. That was crazy. He, that, he was just like, you know what? I'm done with this show. Yeah, it was. He's just. I mean, well, nobody's had more fun at a war show than that guy did. Right. But um. But yeah, it was pretty. That's one of my fondest memories of, of Rage Against the Machine. And also, obviously, um, the ending song for The Matrix, which. Which is which is also one of my favorite um, rage What's that, songs. Wake up, wake up, yep. Yeah, it's a good song. Freaking wake up, which is awesome. Um, yeah, man. I mean, there's so much. There's so much about these guys that's just they're they're fantastic. And uh, wake up was also on uh, the song on one on the first the first album. Um, yeah, but well, I guess I can go through and say what some of my favorite songs are. Yeah. From this. All right, so I think. Off the top, my favorite song on the album is Year of the Boomerang, um, nice. which is the final song on the album. And I think it's like, it's like, a, it's like really long if I can, if I can remember. Um, yeah, it is. Right. So I think it's like, well, no, it's not that, it's not that long. What song is really long? I think it's, there's a song on there that I think is like seven, eight minutes. I can't remember which one it is. Mm. Um, but anyway, Year of the Boomerang, I just, I just love everything about that song and, it's one of those one of those songs I think that kind of starts off pretty pretty slow and then kind of rocks out to the end if I can remember well enough. Yeah, it's got a big ending, I believe. Yeah, it has a huge ending, which is a great closing song. And and again, I think they they did great with this album because um, they have a big bum, bombastic uh, ending song and they have a really great opening song, "People of the Sun." Oh yeah, which is, which is also a, a tune I really love. Um, which I mean, that's just that song is just a great intro song for a band. Like I I, I always love good intro song to just get you ready for the album like when you hear a good when you hear a good intro song it just gets you ready you're like okay i know what i'm dealing with these girls are, these dudes are not fucking around and uh they are hitting us hard and we, we're gonna rock out and that's this whole album is, is like non-stop rocking out man like every song is just they're 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 rapping they're, they're playing their get they're playing their music fucking hard and it just rocks man it's really good what's really funny about people of the sun and how the album starts mm-hmm. is this album literally starts with Tom Morello taking an Allen wrench and scratching mm-hmm. it on his strings. Really? Nice. Yeah, that's how he made that sound. And the funny thing of, the funny thing about it is like what album could you think of that starts with like an Allen wrench? I have no idea. It's pretty cool though. <laughs> yeah. That's it's cool. Hilarious. Man. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's see. I also like um I loved uh Down Rodeo. Yeah. Which is really cool, which I which I thought was also funny for like right now seeing how like Rodeo Drive is like a Mm-hmm. I say rodeo. I mean uh, rodeo, but how like R- rodeo drive right now is being overrun by people looting and rioting and protesting and shit. Yep, which is really cool because I like this song is uh is perfect talking about <laughs> walking down rodeo with a shotgun, which is kind of kind of kind of insane but cool. It, that's the song that says your people haven't seen a brown skin man since their grandparents owned one. Yes, that's exactly that song. Such yeah. a good line, dude. That oh, line, so dope. I know. Fuck. Yeah, it's like, so dope. See, that's what I mean by the Bob Dylan thing, because that is mm-hmm. such a profound line. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. What what he's what he's uh, saying in these songs, and I'm sure he I'm sure he was he wrote all the lyrics. I don't know if there's if he had like a ghostwriter or anything. Oh no, he wrote it all. Yeah, but but it, his his lyrics are so cool, man. Because sometimes sometimes it's like really like uh like nineties vibe with what they're saying, almost like a. Um, like like Limp Biscuit or Lincoln Park in a tone because because both of those guys kind of took from these guys I feel oh definitely stole yeah <laughs> yeah for sure Shit, but yeah. but 
but the but the stuff that he the stuff that he was saying was like so so on point, dude, and mm-hmm. and so good, and that, and that's where you get like like the uh, the KRS one and like yep. the Public Enemy, and like like you can tell that he has those hip hop old school hip hop. Um, oh, definitely uh, backways because it's like he's like, listen, I'm a, if I'm a rap, I know I'm not, you know, a black dude's gonna call out here and just and just flow. So what I'm gonna do is I'm a, I'm gonna make my shit. Um, makes sense being credit and being incredibly in the in the now, but also flow well and just and just hit the beats to to, to the rhythm and it's really good, dude. I mean, he's he's a hell of a rapper, man. I'm pretty sure he never gets enough credit for being for being a rapper because they're you know basically like a like a like a rock band or grunge band, whatever you want to call them. Oh no, but, he does. Um, he does. He does. Well, oh yeah, cool. because it's funny what you just said. Okay, so you do do you know about Prophets of Rage, right? That yeah, the the band plays with Public Enemy mm-hmm. in Cypress Hill. Yeah. Well, Zach De La Roca released a song recently with KRS-One. Oh, recently? Yep. And he also is featured on one of the most popular Run the Jewels tracks. Yeah, I know, for sure. Um, and he had a hip-hop album in production that never mm-hmm. came out with like different people. I think like Dan the Automator was involved. All these people were involved. And yeah. it never came out. But yeah, I think he, I think back in the day, he didn't get enough clout mm-hmm. as a rapper and lyricist and and but now i do think he does you know what i mean because now he's yeah. getting all these guest spots and stuff oh for sure that's yeah i mean i'm i think i think now it's definitely like people are probably giving him a credit like you said because for you to be like with krs1 rapping and stuff like that i mean if if that dude's like backing you then obviously people in the hip-hop industry are going to give you some give you some credit yeah and the song's good it's really good i gotta check it out dude I you do heard. it's a damn good it song nice so cool, man. I mean, that's, I mean, Rage is awesome, dude. They've inspired, you know, so many different people. Obviously, I'd say I like Limp Bizkit and uh, Lincoln Park, but I mean, System of a Down, I think sounds, you know, has has their sound a little bit. We, we, we just talked about Run the Jewels. I mean, Run yeah. the Jewels, I think, is influenced by those guys as well. I mean, there's You said Limp Bizkit uh, and Lincoln Park, which are definitely yeah, on my list. Absolutely. Oh, and um, Fever 3-3. Yeah, man. Fever three three. Uh, uh, Slipknot, I feel like is 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 a little oh, bit yeah. of a of rage. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, uh, anybody that kind of has that nineties cool nineties aesthetic, mm-hmm. um, where it's like the the lead singer is is kind of rapping and everybody's in the back playing their instruments, and mm-hmm. it, that's basically like rage kind of started that shit. So porn too, man. Especially with the weird trying to make your guitar sound like a DJ stuff. Absolutely. They stole that from him. I mean, <laughs> I mean, oh, even though absolutely. Even though Rage was a few years before them, and mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know it wasn't like ten years before, but dude, you mm-hmm. can tell, like you can just tell. Of like course, Rage dude, were the first ones to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure, dude. So yeah, man. I mean, it's it's good. Do anything else you want to add to that? I mean, I, I I think I really like love the album, and I definitely um, I definitely I'm glad you suggested it because again, that's that was a good pick. Because if you to if you to pick the first album, which is like my favorite album. It would have just been like a because I that's, that's probably the album I whenever I want to listen to Rage I, I go to, so it was cool to kind of to kind of go back and listen to this one and, yeah. and really and really appreciate all the music and shit. So, did you uh, have a least favorite song on the album? Uh, yeah, I would say probably my least favorite song. Hold on, really quick, let me just go and check. Uh, my least favorite song was probably uh, Vietnam. Oh my god, is, uh, that's one of my favorite songs. Oh, I'm sorry, man. It was it was okay. probably Viet, it was probably Vietnam. Um, if I'm it's a weird at, song. If, if, I'm, if I'm looking at the tracks right now, 
Yeah, it's number three. Like, yeah, it's number three. So yeah, I love People of the Sun. I love Bulls on Parade. I love Revolver. Um, maybe Snake Charmer. Uh, my I other favorite song. I wasn't. Oh man, we're we're still in disagreement on this. But uh, but definitely down rodeo. Like I, like in my head, I'm thinking over the songs that really stuck out to me, and the ones that didn't are probably the ones I didn't care too much for. Um. But yeah, I think definitely Vietnam. I don't know. I think after Bulls on Parade, I don't know. It might have been the placement of the song on the album. It just didn't fit right with Could me be. for some reason. Yeah, Vietnam is but, a weird uh, song. Cool. I agree. Yeah, it's cool. But yeah, it's, I mean, other than that, man, I mean, it's 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 eleven tracks, which I I love listening to these old albums because they're they're just they're short, they're short, short and sweet, under an hour. Point. Yeah, I mean, under an hour, almost half an hour, most of them. Um, yep. You know, the songs aren't you know. Eight nine minutes long, maybe one in the maybe one in a bunch, but the most part they're like two three minutes, and uh, they don't they don't mess around, man. They get to what they need to get to, and they move on to the next track. It's really good. I agree. I'm a big fan of that. I like albums that are long when I'm in that mood, but yeah, but it feels like albums are getting longer and longer and longer, and there's more oh, filler now, tracks on them. Yeah, now nowadays there's so many so I many mean, tracks on albums, and, and I mean if it's warranted, if you have the music and it's good music, I mean, but most people just add music because they have it i think i think the art of putting an album together and picking tracks you know precisely to what it need to be is like lost in my opinion um from everything i listen to today i would say the only one of the few people two people and it, both these guys hip-hop artists that i feel like really pick their music good um for the albums is like kendrick lamar and j cole because i feel like they're especially kendrick lamar because it, it seems like his albums are really thought out in my opinion as far as I just agree. He's not just picking music that he makes and like, yeah, just drop this here, just drop this there. Just give What's that album? Like, um, is it To Pimp a Butterfly? Uh, which one are you talking about? What song is on it? Is it Kendrick Lamar? Is that is that an album? Yeah, that's yeah, that that's definitely his album. Yeah, that I think that album's laid out really well. Hell yeah, man. His last one was too, the one called Damn. That's a that's like a well, I like I that album a, also. That's a perfect album. But yeah, um, I mean, but yeah, uh, it's a lost it's a lost art, man. It is. And you know, back in the day, I don't know how much this happens now, but back mm-hmm. in the day Bands would go in the studio and write like so much music for like a year. Right. And then the producer and then would pick through it and they'd only pick the strongest ones to work on, you know? Mm-hmm. They'd record demos and that still happens. But I feel like more artists today are having trouble coming up with lots of material because we live in a society. It's very quick now. Yeah, I agree. So they come up with 15 tracks and they put out 14. And you're like, eh. <laughs> is the first 15 songs you wrote really that good like i know i know dude is that really putting work in i mean <laughs> i don't know man i don't know man i guess they i think they feel like the more music they put out on the album the the, the more less plays it gonna get the more plays it's gonna get and also just the less it can be picked at because if you if you if you put out an album with like 10 songs on it then those 10 songs have to be amazing because it's stand yeah yeah because if they're not then your album's gonna be shit but if you put out an album with like 18 songs on it and you know, fifteen or sixteen of those are songs, and the rest are like int- intros or skits uh-huh. or whatever. Then people will have like a wider variety, I guess, to pick on whether or not your album is good or not. Which is, I don't know. I guess it's like being like a pussy, you know? Like just just pick your favorite, pick your, your best songs, put those on the album, dude. Like just fucking, just fucking. Yeah, and I mean, it's the weird. intros and little skits and stuff are cool, but don't yeah. 
don't put them on there just to get a play. I agree. <laughs> like on another track, like they should agree, have a man. point with the album, you know? Exactly. It should make sense. The album should be one fluid thing. You should be able to go through from track one to whatever the ending track song is. And without feel like you're listening. Yeah, without skipping, I feel like you're listening to one continuous, you know, one continuous thing. I agree. Um, which we'll be talking about in our next album, which I think oh my God. Um, this guy kind of did that. But uh, yes, yeah, any, anything else you want to say about Rage, man? I think I'm, no. I'm good. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're an awesome band. Yep. Um, they weren't together for too long. They broke up and they got back together. Then <laughs> Now they're back <laughs> together again. Now they're back together again. It was supposed $800 to be going on, concert tickets. It was supposed to be going on tour, but then coronavirus happened and we probably definitely would have got tickets if they came here or came close probably because that would have been not for 800 bucks. No, definitely not for 800 bucks. That would have been ridiculous. But if they would have been reasonable, we definitely probably would have won. But yeah, man. So there you go, guys. Rage Against the Machine. If you like them, check out all their music, which you probably have if you're listening to this podcast. And uh, check out Evil Empire because it's it's a cool looking uh, little album cover, which I think is why you like it, Larry, because the guy kind of looks like you on the, on the cover. <laughs> looks like all he needs is some glasses, dude. He'll be, he'll be you. You know, they just put out a story about that guy where he is mm-hmm. now, the kid. Really? The kid? Yeah. He it's a painting his dad did. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think it had any relation to the band and they were looking mm-hmm. for artwork and they just bought it from him. That's it's just some kid. Just some random kid, huh? Just some kid whose dad painted them and it was like, All right, yeah, we're gonna buy this. And he's like, All right. So they interviewed him recently. I was like, What the mm-hmm. shit? <laughs> I didn't think it was a real kid. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Real kid, man. They 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 do exist. What can you say? Um, all right, man, cool. So we'll get back to Rage later, I guess, at the end. But now we'll get to uh to the album I chose for you, man. And um everybody out there, I chose Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Um basically Marvin Gaye's I think it's uh nineteen seventy one or seventy two when his album came out. Seventy yeah, well seventy one or seventy two. Seven, yeah. Um but if you guys don't know who Marvin Gaye is, you can turn the podcast off for one thing. Um, but I'll give you a quick little little synopsis of it. So uh, Marvin Gaye was an American singer, songwriter, and record producer. He helped to shape the sound of Motown in the 1960s, first as an in-house session player and later as a solo artist with a string of hits, earning him the nicknames Prince of Motown and Prince of Soul. Uh, he made, you know, songs like uh, Heard Through the Grapevine and Let's Get It On and, you know, What's Going On, which is the album we're going to be talking about today. And uh, his life was kind of short, and he died on his 45th birthday from being fatally shot by his dad, um, which is crazy. Mar- Marvin Gaye is actually, um, when I think about doing biopics for, for people who are who are, like our celebrities or we're living, he's the, he's the one person I would want to do a biopic on because, for one, I've never seen anything on him before. And I think that uh, – are you there, Larry? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was wondering. But yeah, um, so yeah, Marvin Gaye's the the one guy that I always want to do like a biopic on because I, I know his story really well. He's literally like my favorite singer of all time. Um, he's my favorite singer of all time. I would say Michael Jackson is probably my favorite artist of all time. But as far as singing goes, Marvin Gaye has that on lock. And uh, I think his his life was so, so crazy and you know, dr- died tragedy by being shot mm-hmm. by his dad, and I just think it would be a, it would be a cool movie to to kind of see be. to see something about him. Um, but yeah, man. So we're we're going to be talking about. I suggested to you uh, what's going on, which is a a very very uh, political album about Vietnam um, and soldiers coming back from Vietnam and 
how America treated them and basically about what was going on over there in Vietnam and just a lot of stuff. It's a, it's a very deep album that, uh, that takes a lot of listening to the kind of vibe of what's going on, but it's a moody album, you know, like I, this is. The first, this, this is one of the first albums, not to know, I don't think it's the first album I heard because I probably heard an older one, but this is the first one album I heard when I was a kid that my, that my parents had that would play that, um, that I really loved because for one thing, we, were, we just were talking about this, this whole album sounds like it never stops. And I'm a huge yep. fan of, of albums and music when they do that because it, it basically sounds like you're in a concert. The songs blend together. They go, they go from one song to the next song. There's not, there's not a lot of like second breaks and gaps between the music. It's just like they just keep flowing. And he had this whole style with this album where he would, uh, he would be, he would sing and loop stuff, and it would just over looping and things. It was, just, it was really cool, man. It was, I think it was amazing. It's definitely one of my favorite albums. But I'll talk a little bit more about it in a, in a bit. But what did you think about it, man? I, I know you probably heard this before. So what was your oh, thoughts yeah. about, about this album? And so what did you think about it? I've definitely heard it. Um, mm-hmm. I probably never sat down and intensely listened to every song all the way through. Yeah. Um, I probably had the album on in the background while I'm doing stuff. Because it's one of mm-hmm. those albums that, because it's continuous, and I guess I would call it a concept album. Yes, absolutely. It's a concept album. It, sure. it's, like the, it's like Pink Floyd's The Wall. There's a whole, mm-hmm. it's like you said, one song's, stops and the next one starts and they sound like they go together absolutely like they definitely do the ending starting thing with the songs um Mm -hmm. and uh there's definitely a mood to the whole album because like this to me this is one of those albums that we'll probably never have again where i I 100 percent agree never be like this there was obviously a composer working with string sections, horn players, these flute mm-hmm. players. Because, I mean, there's so much going on in this album. I mean, this is like a classic Motown record where there's like this great production, all these crazy instrumentalists performing, and yep. then this phenomenal singer who's just like blowing it up. And you're like, damn, everything on this album, this is how I'm going to say it. Modern day producers who sample old records, mm-hmm. you could sample any 10 seconds of this record and make a hit. I agree. Because everything on this record, every moment of the record is good. <laughs> yeah, and and, and people and people have. There's a lot of samples from from this album oh, yeah. um, with a lot of music on here that's been all over the place. It's really it's really crazy. Yeah, I mean, and I've even heard people call this album like um a cycle of songs. Mm-hmm. They don't really call it an album, they call it like a cycle of songs because it feels like you said it doesn't really end, it just keeps going. Yes. And like it could restart. I think from the last song to the first song and you'd still be like into it. You'd be like, Oh, all right, here we go again. You know? Well, I mean, that's actually exactly what happens because the, the first song and the last song are the last song is basically just like a, a narrative and interpretation of the first song. Right. Kind of in like inner city blues, I think mm-hmm. is the, uh, the last song, which is one of my, one of my favorite songs, which, uh, no, the last song is, uh, what's going on. I think. But no, like, it's inner city, no, blues. It's inner city blues. Okay. Right. Yeah. What's um, going on is the first song. Yeah, yeah. So Inner City Blues, uh, to go back into my creative film school, I used that song to cut a trailer in when I was in film school for um, like a bank heist movie or, or something that me and my friends did. And when I cut the trailer for it, I used the whole Inner City Blues opening song, opening bit for the trailer, which was which came out pretty cool. That's uh, awesome. I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, a great song for that too. Uh, so it's. I mean, there's so many good songs on here, man. I mean. 
just uh, obviously what's going on. The title track is one one of the greatest songs ever made. Yep. Um, uh, Mercy, Mercy Me is a, a classic, a classic song. Obviously, Inner City Blues, um, Flying High in a Friendly City. There's so many on here, man. It's just, it's I think what's, album. what's Happening Brother is my favorite song. Is it? Nice. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a classic for sure, dude. It's between that and What's Going On. Because What's mm-hmm. Going On, is it's hard because that song is like super classic. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like, of course that song's amazing. So right. you're like, and it's like you say, it start, uh, the album starts out with this phenomenal song, and then you're like, well, I also like this other one. So picking a favorite would be hard for me, but mm-hmm. I do like What's Going On, What's Happening, Brother, and Flying High. So the first three songs for me are probably my favorite. No, for sure. I, I think that um, what's, what's Going On, the, that song was originally for the Four Tops. I think that uh, one of the guys from the Four Tops wrote the song because I think he had been talking with his brother about, about um about violence and police brutality from like, basically that, that whole song, this whole album came from a member of the four tops who had witnessed um, police brutality at like a war protest, which is kind of, yeah. he was riding on a tour bus, right? Yeah. He was riding on a tour I've bus. I heard the story. Yeah. Yeah. He was riding, basically he was riding on a tour bus and on the tour bus, he witnessed like a protest going on and, and police brutality, which is so funny because that's happening literally right now in modern right day now. time. Right um, which is, which, exactly, which is another reason why I thought this would be perfect to talk about. But uh, but yeah, he witnessed. Uh, I think eventually they called it Bloody Thursday, whatever it was that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, and so because of that, he wrote this song. And the guys, I think, in Four Tops, and I, I could be wrong. This is I'm going off a of memory, but the guys in Four Tops, I think, didn't want to do it because they thought it would be too political or something like that. They didn't they didn't want to do it because they didn't want to start anything. I think didn't want to rock so, the boat. Yeah, something like that. So I think the guy had met Marvin Gaye, and he uh, he gave him the song and and said, you know, what do you think about this? And Marvin Gaye liked it immediately and was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the song. Let me let me do something about it. He basically changed it up a little bit and added his own words and and made it what's going on today. Um, I could be, I mean, I'm saying all that, and I could be 100 percent wrong, but I think I think at least 75 percent of that is, is accurate. No, um, I'm pretty sure it is too. I've I've read that story. Yeah, I think I think some of that is accurate. But but yeah, man. I mean, this album is just one of the most influential albums for for music with R and B and hip hop and everything from uh, pop music and even even like rock music. Like everybody oh, yeah. who listens to music, no matter what type of music you like, has probably listened to Marvin Gaye. What's going on that album? Well, I mean, and jazz and soul too. Oh, absolutely, for sure, dude. But uh, but yeah, man. I mean, people who I think. Uh, People who basically listen to—I mean, everybody. I mean, you can literally pick out anybody, pick out names from my hat from people who were inspired by Marvin Gaye. But I think a lot of people more recently, within the years, is like, uh, um, like John Legend. I think he's like a more recent dude who was who, who kind of was inspired by by uh, by Marvin Gaye. But even Luther Vandross, like D'Angelo, Seal. Seal, um, yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, C- like CeeLo with like Gnarls Barkley and mm-hmm. like CeeLo, CeeLo's music is heavily and it, like a lot of his music is solo stuff. Not not with Goody Mob is like so R and B and so mm-hmm. so soul that you can just tell he's like a big Marvin Gaye dude. Um, I mean the list goes on and on. Raphael Sadiq, I think, is like another dude. Uh, Maze and Frankie Beverly. Um, it's a ton of people, man. His his music has influenced people for generations and will continue to because it's just one of those classic artists who everybody just loves and has listened to, you know? You know, I, uh, 
I, I have a feeling that if you're a musician and you're not influenced by Marvin Gaye, mm-hmm. you have some serious homework you need to do. I agree, man. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, like you're missing out on, on a how whole, could you, how could you not whole be? big section of music. No, I agree. How could you not be? Yeah. So, so many classic albums. And, and it's funny. Cause when I, when I, when I told you that this is the album I want you to check out, you text me back and you were like, uh, well, which version of it? Cause there's like three different versions with all these, yep. there's like a deluxe version with like, you know, 40 songs. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's a version that has like a whole live version. And I was like, listen, just listen to the original one. If you can, if it's available. Um, there's so many different versions of it now, but basically I went through and I listened to, cause I was actually listening to it prior to telling you to pick it. And that's what made me want to choose it. Um, because I was just in a, in a mood for Marvin Gaye. Sometimes I get in those moods. I just need to hear, hear this dude sing. He puts me at ease with his voice. But, uh, but I listened to the version that had like, like the, the live at the, I think the Kimberly center, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the, Ken- the Kennedy center. Um, Ken- yeah. Maybe the Kennedy center. Yeah. The Kennedy center. And man, when I say, listen to this dude, like if you put that album on and you put it on loud in your house and you're just going around your business doing, you know, cleaning or cooking food, whatever you, whatever you feel like, you feel like his, his live music f- sounds amazing. Like it's so, it's so good to, to like hear him just naturally talk to the crowd and, and just start singing. He has such a great voice, man. And just start singing out the blue and it's fantastic. Like his version of inner city blues on that, on that, on that Kennedy center live version is fantastic. I love it so much. I think well, I might love it better than, better than the actual version, the real version. He's probably got a bunch of badass Motown musicians with him too. In the oh, band. Hell, hell, hell yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Hell and like the, the Motown band, like those guys, I think they were called the Funky Brothers. Yes, they were. Exactly. Um, those dudes, like, Jesus. This is probably some of the greatest musicians to ever live. And I feel like nobody knows who they are. <laughs> no, nobody does. Like, they're, just nobody, these, they're just these Motown dudes, a bunch of them who are just great musicians. Who I mean, just, nobody they knows probably who they played on what? Temptations? A bunch of shit. You know what I mean? Like, the greatest albums in history. And, like, does anybody know who they are? <laughs> No, but I mean, we can. I'll give you a couple, a couple of their names right now, just for the, just for the hell of it. Um, so, a couple of the members are uh, Richard Allen, who was called Pistol, mm-hmm. uh, Jack, Jack Ashford, Bob Babbitt, Benny, Benny Benjamin, Eddie Brown, Johnny Griffith, Joe Hunter, James, James Jamerson, uh, Uriel Jones, Joe Man, uh, Messina, Earl Van Dyke, Robert White, and Eddie Willis. That's a, that's a bunch of dudes. Um, all doing different things. The Funk Brothers, um, thirteen guys, man, who made who basically made like every record, made everything that had to do with Motown back in the day. And yeah, you're right. Most people don't know who they are, uh, which is which is kind of kind of funny and weird. And I could be wrong about this, but I I think Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" mm-hmm. was one of the earliest early records to be released on an imprint of Motown. Oh, uh, it was. Yeah, you're it right wasn't it that. like a T word, like Tamara or to, uh, tame or something. Uh, I don't know what the word is, but I it definitely, think. it definitely was a. You're right. Some definitely kind of one of the first albums. Let me see if I can find it really quick. Yeah, it was some um, type of imprint for sure. But uh, I can't find it right now. But I think you're right, though. There was definitely something unique about about the album when it came out crazy man but yeah man i mean i you know i i love this thing i like i said I listen to it all the time i'm glad you were able to listen to it oh yeah um, but it, was, is there any songs in there that you didn't like i know you already said the one the one you do the ones you do like anything on that you um 
There's no songs that I didn't like, but there mm-hmm. were songs that on my third listen I skipped. Mm-hmm. Like what? So I wouldn't say I didn't like them. Um, I would say that. How do I? How do I say it? I'm trying to think how to say it. I'm actually going to go to the album right now because okay. my my phone crashed. Uh, so one that I actually did skip. Mm-hmm. Um, man, why won't it? All right, here we go. One that I did skip uh, was actually "Save the Children," and I feel really bad about that. <laughs> oh man, yeah, well, it's, it's funny because awesome. I, I I like that song, but I don't I don't like the beginning of it. Like if you if that's you what it to, is, it's the beginning. Listen, yes, it's the beginning. If you listen to the whole song, like the back half of the song is amazing. I just don't. I I, I agree with you. I don't like the beginning of the song, but if you listen to it and give it a chance, the back end is just Marvin Gaye riffing like saying save the children over and over again it's really i don't know it's it's, it's kind of powerful <laughs> well, at, at the end but the beginning part i, I agree with you. i don't really like that much i listened to the whole record straight through without yeah. of course the without, first without two times right, that's but I the third the time i skipped that one and i yeah. skipped i skipped the one that was really long is it uh is it holy holy it might be let me see let's see i don't know but there's one that's like seven minutes and, right. uh, and it, it just didn't on the third listen, I couldn't do it. Oh, I don't know, yeah, but every other good. song on the album, I like every other South. I mean like every other one. Right. No, I I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of, um, 90%. You said what's happening brother is probably your favorite song on next to like what's going on. Yes. Yes. Easy. Cool. Uh, Oh, it's uh right on. Right on to the one that I skipped. The right on to the one, the one you didn't like? Yep. Well, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just that upon listening to it the third time, I mm-hmm. knew the song well enough and was like, you know, I really want to hear the next song. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. Yeah. No, Sometimes know, you get to I that point exactly, where you're like. I know exactly what you mean, dude, for sure. When you're doing it like we are, you're trying to examine it. You're listening to it so intently and so much. Like, it's active listening. It's not background listening. Right. So you get pretty like familiar with everything very quickly and then it's easy to burn yourself out oh for sure but i will say i still think that 90 percent of this record i could listen to over and over again like over and over and over again no absolutely dude i feel i feel the exact same way which is not this says a lot about an album it does it really does because even though i love the raging machine album Mm -hmm. i could not listen to it over and over and over again (laughs) <laughs> no, I, that's my, that's my that's, yeah, that's my whole thing about rage. Like, it, as I, I love them, I really do. But it's like to me, and this is me personally. I got to be in a mood to listen to them. Like, like the other day, uh, me, me and our David, our buddy David, um, we went to we went to one of the protests, and it just so happened that we were going to a protest, and I was listening to the album like for the last three days, so I still was listening to it, and it was the perfect album to have on while you know riding, going to a protest to to support. Um, Black Lives Matter movement, everything going on in the world. So it's uh, like for that, it's like it's 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 amazing. But I, I feel like you got to be in the mood to listen to it. It, just, it amps you up, man. It's not something you can just put on and and go about your day. You know, I mean, maybe you can, but, but I can't. You know, it makes, like I can make, listen make, to makes it. You wanna, makes you want to get hype. You know, like I could definitely see listening to it while riding to a protest. Absolutely, like that that that's like the perfect soundtrack to that. But I could not listen to that album like four times in a week. Like yeah, regularly, I would listen right. to it. Like I would say, once a month, I listen to that record mm-hmm. easily. Maybe, maybe more than that. But there are some records I can put on in the background and like do stuff and like still absorb it. 
Yeah. That that record's like you gotta have your attention on it because it's it's one of those intense records, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not something you put on in the background, like in my opinion. No, I mean I, I definitely agree, dude. I, I think that um if you guys ever want to hear something cool um with Marvin Gaye, there's two things. There's one, there's a video of uh of Dr. Dre, I think, on YouTube. I think me and you talked about this video, Larry. Oh, I love that video. Where uh, Dr. Dre, he, apparently he got like the uh, the, masters the Masters or something from, from all of Marvin Gaye's music. And mm-hmm. there's a video of him just going, like in the studio, going like um, basically like track by track, layer by layer of listening to like one of Marvin Gaye's songs. And it's, it's like, and you know Dr. Dre, like he's, he's somebody else who's, even though he's like a huge hip hop guy, Super influenced by R and B, um, soul music of the sixties oh and seventies. Oh my 70s. god, yeah. Um, he loves Marvin Gaye, so he uh, there's a great video that's really cool to see him like go layer by layer and like solo stuff and like hear Marvin Gaye on a song with just his voice with no music and it's just mm-hmm. cool. And you can see like in his face, he's like loving that shit like anybody would. Um, that's that's fantastic. There's also a great song on uh, on Jay Z's um, soundtrack for the for American Gangster, titled American Gangster. Um, a song that he, that he has on there that I think is probably one of the best songs he's ever made, in my opinion, that um, I don't think a lot of people might know if you've never heard it before. But it's called American Dreaming. And um, he samples like a Marvin Gaye song in that. And it's just, it's fantastic. Like it, to me, it's the best use of like Marvin Gaye's music in a rap song. And uh, anybody out there who likes Jay-Z or has never heard that song, should just go check it out because it's really, it's a great song to listen to. But uh, yeah, man, Marvin Gaye is who he is. We know that he's fantastic. He's one of the greatest of all time, and his music will live forever. He makes forever music. Like, there's not a lot of people who make music forever, and I think Marvin Gaye is in a in a list of you know like a hundred artists or whatever who it is who music will last. In my opinion, until the end of time, until until oh, yeah. until we all just die, <laughs> you know, like it's like, like if you if you send music up into space for aliens to hear what music sounds like yeah. for aliens, one of Marvin Gaye's songs would probably be on that playlist, you know. I feel like, you know, that list, like you said, the hundred artists he's on, he's, it's so funny. Cause he's definitely in the same category as like Metallica and Led Zeppelin. Like those artists yeah, are never not going to exist. I agree. Cause yeah, they I mean, there's, too there's, many people. Exactly. And, and it's just the music, man. Like some music that that's made in time is just forever and, and can yeah. never, can never go anywhere. Um, I mean, music lasts forever, no matter what, cause you can always listen to it and find it. But as far as like something people will always be listening to, no matter yeah, their I mean, age, no matter no matter what color no, they are, yeah. no matter anything, it's just Marvin Gaye is like somebody that's universally liked by everybody as music, you know? Yeah, and albums do disappear. Artists disappear. Like, yeah, for sure. There's artists in the 90s that had a few good songs that mm-hmm. we'll never hear again on the radio sure. or in a car sure. commercial, you know what I mean? But Marvin mm-hmm. Gaye, 50 years from now, he's gonna be his song will be in a Honda Civic commercial or, or, oh. or a Bentley commercial, something. <laughs> No, absolutely. He's like he's one of those people that we always talk about um at some point in in our in our near future they're going to start doing like holographic concerts of 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 artists and I feel like Marvin Gaye would be one of those guys. Oh, definitely. That that, that they would be like, "Okay, we have like we have like 10 people to to put in concert and uh for Probably the sell for, out." Yeah, yeah, like like for for the white people we got Elvis, uh we got John Lennon, you know, we got we got whatever for black people we got Marvin Gaye, we got Prince. You know, that's that's basically what they'll do. It'll be like, you know, for every race for whatever music they'll have people and 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 definitely they'll have Marvin Gaye at the top of that list for people to to see him in well, concert. Well, I'm going to the Marvin Gaye Prince. Oh man, I I, I want to see I want to see fucking Marvin Gaye and and Prince along with 
like fucking uh, John Lennon. Wouldn't that be a cool concert? But um, but yeah, yeah man. I mean, so it, it'll it'll be fantastic. Who knows, dude? Yeah, I'm sure that is going to be the next thing. Oh, it's coming. I guarantee it's coming. I mean, I mean they, they did are, it with they, Tupac. They already, yeah, they already did it with Tupac, and that was like years ago. So uh, yeah. techno- technology is definitely working its way with, with virtual reality here and all these different things. I'm pretty sure. Well, and the gorillas are doing stuff like that live. Yeah, I think. They've I think done holograms. I, I think it's coming, dude. It'll definitely be here in the future. Any way for people to make money, they'll figure it out. Off of, uh, off of the off of the blood of dead people, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> True. So uh, so yeah, man. So I'm glad I'm glad you you dug this album. I knew oh, yeah. you had already I knew you had already heard. It. I knew you would I knew you would like it. You're a music guy, so there's no way you wouldn't like it. Um, True. But yeah, it was it was dope, man. So so that's it, guys. I mean, we have uh, Rage Against the Machines, Evil Empire, and Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. I hope we uh, talked about these albums as good as we can, uh, knowledgeable. Um, and I hope you dug it. Please go listen to these to these albums again. We're working on getting a Spotify playlist, so you guys can go check these albums out on our Spotify account um, at some point. But uh, we're going to keep on rocking, man. This is episode two of you know the Death No podcast. Anything, any closing words you want to say, Larry? Or are we good to get out of here, man? Oh, we're good. Nice. And uh, remember, guys, Black Lives Matter, and um, yep. there, there's a lot of stuff going on in the country right now. Stay safe. Stay safe. Um, continue, continue to protest. Continue to, to you know, to do what you guys are doing, and and um, we hope the world comes around. And it's time for a change, man. Marvin Gaye, you know, and Rage Against the Machine were both about change, about changing America and changing the world. So I think that uh, these were two good albums for us to pick for for right now. So we're gonna close it on that, and we'll see you guys. Uh, next time with episode three we don't know what we'll be talking about yet but you'll figure it out and uh keep on rocking and digging in the crates guys and we're out of here peace